This is Call to Action, part three. So part one is about the kingdom of God. Part two is knowing how we can be in the kingdom of God. And then this part three is about preparing and sharing to prepare others. So in preparing, uh, I'm going to go to Matthew 25 because he says a lot. And what I've shared before, um, if you are just listening to this and haven't listened to the other ones, Matthew was one of the original disciples of Jesus. So he was one of his best buddies that was with him. And so we're knowing this information firsthand from one of the people that was with Jesus at the time that he was here on earth. And um, so I like um, seeing what Matthew has to say. And all right, so I just will read. There's a couple different parables. Jesus spoke about a lot of these things in parables, everything that he told, he would explain some things to his disciples, but he would tell like the common people in a parable so that they could kind of understand these complex concepts that he was saying. And um, I, I guess it was something they could relate to, um, to get the idea across that he was trying to give. Although to me, sometimes it seems like a little bit It'd be easier if it was just said directly, but there's a reason why Jesus did it the way he did it. So there's, um, in Matthew 25, it's called the, the parable of the 10 virgins. And so it starts at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all had become drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. (coughs) This little parable is about Jesus' return. And Jesus is the bridegroom. And the virgins with the lamps um, who were prepared are those who are prepared for Jesus' return. And the ones who haven't prepared or the, the virgins who didn't have the oil that came, um, they, didn't, they, they weren't prepared and they didn't have the oil they needed, so their lamp went out. And, and the other point to this is that 
um, obviously when Jesus told this, it's been thousands of years. So people who wait and wait and he doesn't come, they may get lazy and may think, oh, he's never going to come. So they don't prepare. But Jesus is telling everyone in this parable that you have to be prepared. So you don't, you don't know when that is that Jesus is going to return. And at whatever time he decides to return, or the other thing that can happen is your life could end. And if our life ends and it's before Jesus returns, then that's what we have to be prepared for. So it, it's whatever, whenever that transition, like I said in another podcast, death is a transition. It isn't a true death because when Jesus died on the cross, he rose and he returned and he came back and he rose from the dead and then he ascended into heaven. And he spoke with people. There were 500 people or more that witnessed him uh, when he spoke to a bunch of people. So he proved that there is going to be an immortal life later on because he was the first one to do it. And so he came back and you know, he showed everybody, this is what's going to happen if you're prepared. So you have to prepare yourself. And he made it possible for us to do that. We could never have done that on our own. And he told us that we need to be born again with God's spirit. That is how he also was raised. And so there, there is a process. And that's what I talked about in part two. So anyway, the, the point here is that there is preparation involved. You have to know what you need to do. You have to prepare yourself. You have to get ready for that transition. Uh, Because if you're not ready, he's, if you don't know Jesus, if, if you don't have the spirit of God residing inside you, then you aren't prepared yet, but you can have that. And, and once you prepare yourself and you ask Jesus, Jesus will send the spirit. He sends it from God, you know, from God, the father, and that's available to all of us. So it's something that every single person can have. It doesn't matter what your past was. Um, it's a changed life, but I don't want to repeat what I just said in part two. So you can listen to part two about that. Then let's go to the next parable that Jesus talked about. And it's the parable of the bags of gold. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. I'm going to take a break right here. So in this story, each person is getting a bag according to their ability. This is all symbolic again. So this is, um, the bags of gold are information about eternity with God. It's the gospel. Uh, Each person who receives the gospel, they're going to have different abilities to share this with other people and to grow the kingdom of God, because that's what God's will is, to have as many people saved as possible. So once someone knows the gospel and understands it and knows about eternity, it becomes a responsibility to that person to share that with other people and to let other people 
know about that and then they can make that choice and it it just continues on then that person who learns about it has the same responsibilities it just continues and that's what Jesus is talking about in this example going back to the story so he gives bags of golds to people and then then he went on his journey the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more so the one with two bags of gold gained two more but the man who received one bag went off he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money after a long time the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them the man who received five bags of gold brought the other five master he said you entrusted me with five bags of gold see i've gained five more his master replied well done good and faithful servant You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's all symbolic of Judgment Day. And it's all symbolic about the information that Jesus first gave his disciples about the kingdom of God and about the availability of the kingdom of God for everyone on earth that accepts Jesus and prepares themselves. And everyone who comprehends that has an obligation, especially to those that you're closest to, to make sure they know about that. And that's the only way the, the word spreads. I mean, um, is that's something that Jesus asked all of his people, all of his followers to do, is to share that information with other people you can't just be selfish and keep it for yourself like the the guy with the one bag of gold who buried it and just kept it for himself it has to be shared with other people there are people that you care about that god cares about that need to be aware of eternity in god's kingdom and that's the whole thing it's the kingdom message Then there's um, more information um, about the sheep and the goats. 
And this is, Jesus was talking about this, and this has to do with the end times and, and judgment and what's going to happen at that point too. So I'll just read through this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So that's the final outcome. It's eternity with God or eternal separation from God in hell, as the scripture said, with the devil and his angels. And that's something we, I don't think a lot of people talk about because it's probably weird. There are angels, there are good angels, and there are bad angels. The bad angels are the ones who rejected God and chose to rebel against God. And they more or less teamed up with the devil or Satan. And they do have access to earth. They do have spiritual influence here on earth. And people think that's all just made up stories. Um, You know, and then we see these things. Okay, let's talk about aliens for a second which I don't believe in aliens. But we have the governments now talking about these aliens and saying that, you know, they're seeing these things and um, putting that out in the public. Like, I think that's pretty weird. But in all honesty, from knowing what's in the Bible, I don't think those are aliens. I do think they are fallen angels. There's a lot of... um, spiritual things that you're not going to be aware of unless you read the Bible. I didn't know about it, and angels don't have wings and fly around like maybe they do. Some I don't know if they do or not, but 
in the Bible, a lot of times they look like just regular human beings and people didn't know that they were angels. Um, they knew there was something special about them, but they just looked like people, basically. So um, this, I mean, it's in the Bible. Jesus talks about it. It's the truth. Um, they exist. I don't believe in aliens and UFOs and that stuff. Um, but I do believe that there are fallen angels and that's a deception um, that will come about with people in some future days and it's almost like it's just being thrown out there right now because first time I heard that I thought this is crazy to have that being told to all of us but anyway um, let's see let's get back to um, the preparation and sharing so I read Matthew 24 then uh, when you get to the point of understanding all of what Jesus came to teach us about the kingdom of God and how to prepare how to get there there are certain gifts of the Spirit. When you ask Jesus to, through God the Father, to provide the Spirit that would reside in you, the Spirit gives gifts. And this is something that I don't think a lot of people talk about or get this information at, at church, maybe. They don't talk about it, um, but it's in the Bible. And if you want to read this in detail, you can go to 1 Corinthians 12 and 15. Because when you do ask God for the Spirit, there are certain gifts that are given. And I'm going to read that to you. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, about the the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And I'm skipping some. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. And then I'm going on to describe this. I skipped a couple lines. But now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Pay attention to that. It's not for your own benefit. This, When you get the Spirit, it's not for you. It's for the common good. It's for other people. So if you, if and when you get a, the Spirit from God, it's an obligation to use it for other people. So here it is. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gift of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So, based on, you know, it's kind of like the the story about the bags of gold. Each person will get something according to their ability. So, According to what that person can handle, they will get a, an aspect of the Spirit, a gift from the Spirit, according to what they can handle and what they can share with other people. And those were all listed. If you want to revisit it, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it further goes on to say that, you know, not everybody gets the same ones, and some people can get multiple ones, 
and it's not um, it whatever you do get every bit of it is important so if somebody gets something different than you and you wish you had that well you know pray to God about that maybe you have to do some work on yourself before you're ready to receive that gift but God the Spirit gives you what you can handle and may give you multiple or may give you one but everything that you are given is necessary and is beneficial and it's important and it's important to be with other people that to share that with other people so once you get it you need to share it and then I want to talk a little bit about this everything like in the gift of the spirit the most important part is when you share any of this the message of the kingdom or anything it's all with love and this goes on to in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 it's all about love so this is a I, I love this whole chapter so it's a short one but I'll read it and yet I will show you the most excellent way if I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the spirit of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of my childhood behind me. For now, we only see a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love but the greatest of these is love. That's all about the full completeness. That is when Jesus returns, when we become immortal, when God completes us, when the work that we've started here is completed by God, when we become complete people and we are perfected by God, which doesn't happen on this side of the transition but will happen on the other side of the transition at that point and we're going to see God face to face and love will continue so 
the most important aspect of all of this is love and the description of love is such a great like checklist to know like if that's something that we are exhibiting or to you know it's really I mean you should measure yourself with it um, to look internally at that but also you know if you're in a relationship with somebody else that's a good checklist too to see if if they are a loving person I mean it's that's the best way it's described in the Bible to use it as a checklist anyway so um, that's about gifts of the Spirit doing everything in love and God giving different gifts to different people but they're all important and something that you should be thankful for so then I think I'm going to have a part four which I didn't expect but um, part of this is about knowing the times that we are in right now and you know all of this is it is urgent um, because they're because of the time that we're in right now. So we need to know about the kingdom of God. We need to know how to prepare. That's part two. And then we need to share that with others and use the gifts that God gives us. So I will have um, part four that talks about the current times that we're in. Coming up next. <music>